0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Feed Your Faith. I'm your host, Courtney Kopeck, and today is episode 23, and we are talking about getting rid of the shame, getting rid of the guilt, the frustration around eating, and figuring out how to actually listen to our bodies and eat normally, without all the confusion that living a dieter's lifestyle for so long has brought to us. This is so important because I feel like when we're trying to transition from dieting to just normal eating, doing it in a more intuitive way, tuning into God around our food, we get very confused. That dieting mindset comes in and tells us, you can't eat this, don't eat so much of that, And we can't really get a clear feeling for what our bodies are really, truly asking to be nourished with. So I'm going to be giving you guys a ton of help today on getting to the core of that problem so that you can start experiencing a lot more smooth sailing with normal eating again. It's going to be an awesome episode. I'm super excited about it. Before we start, I just have a few quick announcements to make, and then we're going to jump right into the podcast. feed your faith i'm your host courtney kopek and i'm a christian food and body image coach i spent most of my life hating my body and feeling frustrated with food then god stepped in and showed me something so supernatural in his word it transformed my life forever now i have peace around food and feel comfortable in my body i am teaching female followers of christ all over the world how to find this exact same food freedom through a deeper faith in jesus Join me in fellowship here every week as I discuss biblical scriptures directed towards how to treat and love our own bodies, as well as share personal struggles and thoughts around food and body image and the role God plays in both. I also talk with other women of faith who share their personal stories and wisdom around God's grace and putting a final end to their own food and body image drama. This episode is brought to you by my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. If you're ready for some answered prayers around your food struggles and body image issues and want to start living abundantly in the life God has waiting for you, where you are truly free from binging, food restricting, and yo-yo dieting, get my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to CourtneyKopech.com slash sign up for free devotional. That's CourtneyCopec.com slash sign up for free devotional. And now, let's get to the podcast. So here we are, episode 23, and today I am talking about um, something that I think we all really need a lot of help and kind of um, support with, and that is eating and what we're supposed to eat. I think that if you are someone who has come out from years of dieting, it's really confusing how to listen to your body and know what you're supposed to be eating again. You always get that sort of what's called like the dieting mentality, um, the dieter's voice whispering in your ear when you're going to choose what to eat that sort of brings back old patterns of of dieting you know you feel like you really want to have a turkey sandwich but you're concerned about the bread and your body's really craving it but you're also hearing the little dieter telling you oh well, I don't know if you should eat that bread you know you're gonna get fat don't touch the bread and so it can be really hard to understand where we're supposed to go from there you know and and it's a struggle and Unfortunately, God does not just give us a meal plan of what we're supposed to be eating. So I really want to discuss today how you can get in better tune with your body, how you can get in better tune with your instincts, and really with Jesus around your food so that you can make choices that aren't going to leave you feeling really crappy. Um, Personally, for me, One of the things that I found to be really helpful was to figure out what do I even like to eat? Because I think that we forget that, you know, as we are so deep into our dieting issues, we eat what we think we're supposed to eat and we forget what we actually really enjoy eating. Foods that delight us, foods that light us up, foods that bring us closer together with friends and family and and foods that... Um, honestly bring about some kind of emotional healing for us, a sense of security, a sense of wellness and well-being. And those foods are not always vegetables. You know, it's not always going to be carrot sticks and hummus. There's a role for dessert. There's a role for (laughs) rolls. There's a place for a giant bagel with heaping amounts of cream cheese on it. Um, and we have to trust ourselves with those cravings. We have to trust our bodies with those ideas that come into our mind really quickly of, hmm, that sounds really good, without second-guessing it, without mulling it over in our heads time and time again, trying to figure out is this the right choice for me and 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 playing out different you know scenarios in our mind of what will happen if we eat this and ultimately the main fear we are experiencing when we're thinking about what we're going to eat is that it's going to make us fat and that is something we really need to pay attention to we really need to be awake with um, you know, conscious about, opened up to. The idea that all of this boils down to our fear of fat. If if getting fat was never an issue from eating, we would eat whatever we wanted all the time. We would all be intuitive eaters. There never would be a problem. It boils down to your fear of gaining weight which, as I've talked about in many other podcasts, boils down to your fear of rejection, your fear of failure, your fear of being unloved, being unseen, being unimportant, unvaluable, because this is what society has taught us. It means when we are fat. And I'm not even talking about super fat. You know, I'm talking about just not having a six pack. I'm talking about just not looking the way the actresses do and the models do out there. Just having um, any sort of curve to you is considered by society standards unacceptable. And so when you're concerned about what you're going to eat, be aware. <laughs> I have a Pomeranian and he, any time a car goes by, he barks. It's so annoying. Shh. His name is Butters. And I also have a dog, a Karen Terrier named Cornbread. These are ways that I remind myself that food is important to me and I love it because I named my dogs after food. Um, so as we start to open ourselves up to what the possibilities are of free eating without the constraints of fear of weight gain, it becomes much more simple. And the first step towards doing that is figuring out what do I even like to eat? Make a list. Think of foods. Don't be afraid that the thought of the food coming into your mind is going to then make you crave it, going to then make you want it. Don't worry about what the repercussions are going to be or the end outcome is going to be from performing this exercise. When it comes to intuitive eating, it's so important to stay in the moment and the moment is now. It's this very second. It's not two seconds from now. It's not two minutes from now. It's not two hours from now. It is right this moment. So just let yourself go. Pray for God's guidance as you try to come up with this list, and sort of free think about it. This is supposed to open you up to experiencing what these foods bring about in you, a sense of what emotion do you find attached to them. Pay attention to that as you're sort of going down your list. And so anytime that you start feeling hunger coming on, it's something you need to check in with yourself about. What am I craving? What sounds good to me in this moment? Without judgment, without fear. And it's really difficult to clear your mind of those things in the beginning. It takes a lot of self-awareness and a lot of trust that God is going to lead you to the right food for you in that moment. And you're not going to go crazy eating it And you're also not going to just take a few bites and put it away because you think that's what you're supposed to do. You're going to eat the amount that feels right to you, that looks right to you. And this is all stuff that you need to be asking God to help you with. If you've totally forgotten what a portion looks like, and everybody's idea of a portion is different, what I can eat may be more than what you can eat, my portions may be bigger than your portions. I mean, I know for sure, I have a lot of clients that deal with this struggle with their mates, their partners, you know, they're they're um those that are married to men because men can eat more than women, and they need to eat more than women. They have more muscle mass. Their bodies take more energy to um do their daily tasks. And it's difficult when you're sitting down at the table with your husband and he's had, you know, a pile of pork chops, a pile of mashed potatoes. He's having seconds on the roasted asparagus. And then after that, he goes straight to the freezer and has half a tub of Ben and Jerry's. And he's not even full and it doesn't even phase him. And so what we experience in those moments can be food jealousy where we're frustrated that here's a person that we're sharing a meal with And they're able to eat more than what we would like to be able to eat. And so in those circumstances, I recommend just keeping your eyes on your own plate, recognizing that God made each of us different for a reason, and that you're working out your portions just in that moment. There will be days where you eat way more than others. And there'll be days where you eat way less, not because you're trying to balance out some sort of weight thing going on, but because you're listening to your body and the body is just naturally hungry during some phases and less hungry during others. We know during our periods about, you know, right before we're supposed to be getting one, we're starving and we're craving a lot of carbs, a lot of sugar, a lot of comforting food. That's okay. Okay. You're also using a lot more energy during that time. Your body is revving up. Hormones are changing. So it needs more food. You have to trust your body to know what it's doing. God did not create us with bodies that were a problem. He did not create us with a system for digestion that needed so much of our fixing and meddling with. Because if this were the case, then you would have cavemen dying constantly. People would not be able to survive if they were supposed to work so hard to figure out how to feed themselves. It's very quite simple once you get down to the basics of it. And part of those basics is knowing what you even like to eat. Because if you're eating foods that you don't really like, you're going to end up binging on the ones that you do later on. You cannot feed yourself a diet of steamed carrots and leeks if you hate steamed carrots and leeks and not expect to sneak into the cookie cabinet and shove your face full of a bunch of food. It may not happen on day one, day two, day three of your carrot and leek bonanza, but it will happen, okay? Your body needs to be fed what it likes. And if it's not, biologically, it's going to go after what it wants to be satisfied, Because when you're eating foods that you don't enjoy, you are not satisfying your body. And you understand this because we've all been there. We've all gone out to dinner at Nana's house and Nana made galumpkies for the 20 millionth time and we don't like galumpkies and we eat just half of the galumpki, barely able to even get it down and the whole time we're thinking, I can't wait to go to Burger King after this. We get to Burger King, we're not that starving. I mean, we did have half a galumpki, but we're so frustrated with the fact that we had to force ourselves to eat food we didn't like that it's like, oh man, I don't want to be in that circumstance again anytime soon. So let me just pile on all the things I like now to satisfy me, to keep me comforted, to keep me full. And we end up ordering way more than we normally would. Now, if you go to Nana's house and you know you don't like galumpkis, but to be polite, you take a galumpki and you take a few bites and then you look around for something else you do like. That's a different story. You try to feed yourself foods you enjoy. If the only thing you find you do like is the cheesecake that's for dessert, then go ahead and have your slice of cheesecake. I bet you anything you will eat less having just that one delicious slice of cheesecake than if you avoid the cheesecake out of fear of getting fat from eating it, eat half a galumpki, and then stop at Burger King on the way home. Once you start to understand what foods get you excited, and what you like to eat. The next part is learning how to eat it. You would be amazed how many scriptures there are in the Bible that talk about food. And what we're supposed to do with it. The Old Testament had all these rules about what you were supposed to eat. And then the New Testament, Jesus comes and says, all foods are clean. I make you clean. I make all foods clean. When we're trying to battle the diet mentality, which is also Satan, the voices in our head that say, you can't, you shouldn't, don't do it, you're going to get fat, blah, blah, blah. Those are not voices from God. Those are voices from Satan, right? And one of the best ways to battle negative voices in our head is through actual scripture, quoting actual scripture. Now, I'm not going to ask you to sit down and memorize the scripture. Um, If you're not good at that, you don't have time for that, don't worry about it. As long as you get the gist of it, the summary of it, it really, really helps to get you through that moment where you're struggling to make a decision about what you are supposed to eat how much you are supposed to eat and when you are supposed to eat. So Genesis 9 says, Let's see. Okay, hold on, I've lost it. Okay, here it is. Sorry. Genesis 9, 3. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. Everything. Now, God is eternal. Right? He is forever present. Past. Present. Present future we know the bible to be the living word of god a lot of people who aren't christians think that it's outdated that we need to not take it so seriously because we live in a different time period my thoughts on that are god is not an idiot he knew darn well how the world was going to change and What he says in the Bible stands firm no matter what. So taking that and putting it against things like processed food, excess sugar, um, food dyes, you know, like GMOs in certain foods, all of this stuff God knew of. And yet he says, I now give you everything. All foods, both meat, plants, everything. So when I was like obsessed with food and clean eating, I didn't touch anything processed. I was very much like, I'm only going to eat what comes from the earth. I don't want any chemicals to have been on it. I want to try to eat all organically, blah, blah, blah. And that is, you know, there's something to be said about that that's good as long as it's not obsessive. And for me, it was totally obsessive. It wasn't coming from a place of truly caring about my health. It was coming from a place of superiority. It was coming from a place of elevating myself above others. It was coming from a place of giving myself a sense of security because I was so controlling over the foods that I ate. It was giving myself a sense of pride because I had a strong opinion about something. See, control plays such a huge part in our eating, in our bodies, in our weight we don't even realize it but we're we're so desperate for control as human beings you know we want to be perfect we want to be godlike we want to always get it right we want to be exactly you know like i hate this phrase that's going around now these days where it's like living my best life i'm living my best life i'm just trying to live my best life And to me, what that really says is, I'm just trying to control everything in my life so that nothing bad ever happens. (laughs) And I am living out my idea of what my best life is like. Not much of living your best life, I imagine for most people who use that statement, includes god because your best life is being lived when you believe in jesus that's all you have to do that right there is living your best life it's not having all the promotions at work having a fat bank account driving a certain car weighing a certain number eating a certain way having a certain amount of friends That's not living your best life. If you're not following Jesus, then you are not living your best life. So it's not about controlling our lives in order to be living our best life. It's about following Jesus. And in order to be a follower of Jesus, we're called to surrender. We're called to give up our lives. That is what we are asked to do. So when you become a servant of God is when you're living your best life. When you become a servant for others is when you're living your best life. And when I was obsessed with my eating, I was serving nobody but myself. And... I remember when I first started intuitive eating, I went a little crazy on chips and beer. And these were two things I just did not allow in my life. And suddenly it was like, free for all, I can eat whatever I want, I'm having chips and beer. Now this tends to happen when you start to intuitive eat for the first time. You go a little crazy because you haven't had these foods in so long. You haven't given yourself permission to eat foods that are fun. You know, your, your regimen has to been only to eat foods that provide the outcome of thinness. The outcome of looking like you have it all together. And when you are eating the foods that are fun, you're either feeling guilty about it or not eating them in a manner that sustains you spiritually and emotionally, which means that you're overeating them. You don't know how to enjoy the foods that you like, the foods that you crave that have been on your list of foods you have been taught to believe are bad for you. You have been taught to believe are not allowed in your eating plan on a regular basis, right? Like so many diets out there, they'll have a cheat day or a lot of them that are doing the intermittent fasting, people feel like, well, I can overeat this day because tomorrow I'm fasting They give themselves excuses. They give themselves permission only in small amounts to be able to eat the foods that they want. And it may not even be what their bodies are craving. You know, if you've been on a diet for so long and then you have a cheat day once a week and you're like, I've been seeing a lot of Kentucky fried chicken commercials on TV. I'm going to go out and eat Kentucky fried chicken. And maybe what your body really wants is a big meal of pasta or a chocolate cake or maybe like a quinoa salad even. Your body's not always craving junk food when it's being fed. Right, But you just feel like, I have to go stuff myself full of these foods that I never allow myself to normally eat. So you're not even really getting in touch with what your body needs, what your body wants, what it's craving. Because what it is craving is being being like beaten down by, and it's probably not the right word I'm looking for. It's being outshined by what it has been restricted. So what I mean by that is that if your body is feeling like it's not getting the foods that it's been letting you know that it wants, and these aren't necessarily foods that just fuel the body. The body is very complicated. And food is such a complicated thing for us. Um, you know, people believe, like, oh, I should never be emotionally eating. That's wrong. Well, eating is emotional. And eating, I believe, was created in part to help comfort us. It comforts us in a million different ways. I mean, first of all, it makes us feel safe and secure because we know we have food in our system and we're not going to starve to death. If you look at the body from a biological point of view, its entire job is to make sure, A, that you're not killed, and B, that you don't starve to death. That's it. That is it. That is from a very primal point of view, though. If you look at it deeper... Foods do a lot of things for us, aside from just keep us sustaining life. They bring us closer to nature. They bring us closer to loved ones. They bring us closer to God. They're sacrimonial. They're celebrational. Food is life. It literally is life. It sustains life. Every living thing on this planet including trees plants flowers need some source of nutrients to survive food is our everything so it makes sense that it's going to be an emotional thing for us because it has all these different signals that it's sending out when we're experiencing the action of eating Your body does get signaled that it's safe again. Your body does get signaled to experience joy, happiness, satisfaction. And some of those same signals are the signals that we get when we experience love, appreciation, attention, affection. It's a huge reason why we substitute food in our lives for the other things that we are missing. food is emotional, and there's nothing wrong with that. So when your body feels restricted from foods that it desires, not just the foods that help keep it running at an optimal level, like salad and vegetables and lean protein, right? But the foods that also bring us the comfort, bring us the affection, bring us the love, bring us the joy, bring us the celebratory experiences in our lives. Our body remembers those things. Our body remembers what it was like to have birthday cake when you were five years old, how that experience felt for you the excitement of seeing the cake come out with all the candles on it, the smell of the candles being blown out. I love the smell of blown out candles because it reminds me of birthdays. It reminds me of birthday cake. Our body wants to relive these things, especially when we are in a, a moment of fight or flight, anxiety, right? And if you're denying yourself enjoying these things in a nourishing way, which means without abuse, without shame, without guilt, when you're simply enjoying them, you're feeding yourself so much more than what you could ever imagine. But if you haven't been enjoying them, if you have been restricting them, if you haven't had a positive experience in eating them where you don't just go crazy the moment you bite into that piece of cake. Or maybe for you, you have one cupcake and you're fine, but find yourself a week later downing six donuts. However it happens for you, If you're not rebuilding a positive relationship with the fun foods, you're still restricting yourself and your body will see to it that it gets those foods. So on those days that you give yourself permission to eat whatever you want, you're going to crave the foods your body has not been getting. You're going to want the stuff your body has felt as though It has been withheld from it. And you're not gonna feel that great at the end of it. You're gonna wake up the next morning, probably have a food hangover, ate too much sugar, too much sweetness, too many carbs, too much rich food, too much grease, And then you say to yourself, oh, yeah, this is why I don't eat these foods because they don't make me feel good. Well, if you eat them three, four, five meals out of the day and you're eating more than what your body tells you it wants, yeah, you're not going to feel that great the next day. That's right. We come up with excuses for why we can't eat these foods because we are scared to death of them. We don't know what it feels like to be able to just eat them normally. That is a very foreign experience to us. And this is where your trust in God comes in. Your understanding of food's role in your life as a Christian, because it has a very important role in your life as a Christian. takes you to a deeper level of love with the Lord. You know, in some ways, it's like a blessing. Because people who are just born being able to eat normally, they don't have any weird associations with food. They just eat whatever they want. They miss out on the opportunity to really connect with Jesus over something that is providing them sustainable life. They don't think about it. They don't have to tune into it. You know, rather than look at your drama with your food and your drama with your body image as such a negative thing, something you're just desperately trying to get rid of, crawl your way out of, right? Just wash your hands of it. See it as an opportunity that God is giving you to grow in a spiritual way that not many people get to grow in. So much of this country just blindly eats. We don't take the time with our food. I don't even know how many people are still praying before a meal. We're not growing our food as much. We're not farming our food as much. We don't know... Jim Daly down the street who, you know, milks the cows and we get to see him milk the cows and then go buy the milk and bring it home and drink it. I mean, I'm blessed where I do live in a community where I do get to do those kinds of things. But for the majority of people, we don't know where our food is coming from. Other than the supermarket, a cold, stark, unenjoyable, and if you have children, a nightmare place to be, provided your children are there with you. We're losing the opportunity to tune in with food. And it is a blessing from God. And he's giving that opportunity to you through this trial. And that is what it is. It is a trial. You're not faulty wired. You're not a screw up. You didn't go wrong somewhere. You didn't make God angry where he decided to curse you with this issue. I don't even think with, you know, I think like a lot about my metabolism. And for so long, I was like, oh, I just wasn't blessed with a good metabolism. And I had to really take a look at that way of thinking about my body and how my body handles food and what it meant for me receiving the metabolism that I have. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's great. I would have survived, you know, thousands of years ago when food was really scarce because I burn food so slowly. Well, guess what? You know, I'm in 2019, and there's plenty of food, and I just want to be skinny. You know, that's how I always kind of looked at it. As As a thorn in my side as something I had to overcome, as something I had to manipulate. I think that's a really great word for it. My metabolism was something I had to manipulate. And I manipulated it through diet and exercise. And it still never worked to the point that I felt it should be you know, efficiently running at. I still felt like I should be able to eat a pint of ice cream Every single night for a month and not see weight go up on the scale. But now I look at it differently. I don't say things like, oh, I wasn't blessed with a good metabolism. Or look at other women who are thinner than myself and say, oh, she was blessed with a high metabolism. I don't even like to hear women say, I was blessed with a high metabolism. I think that what we are blessed with are opportunities to grow closer to God, opportunities to be transformed, opportunities to become more Christ-like. And when you consider that God created us in our mother's womb from the very, very beginning, knows all the hairs on our head, knows every word before we speak it, he also recognizes and knows what triggers need to be set on fire in order to get us closer to him because he knows our personality. He knows what our values are going to be. He knows our temptations. I think especially if you're, you know, maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but just this is something that's coming to me as I'm talking about this. I'm just thinking, I am such a person that's really drawn to fancy stuff. I like money. I like big homes. I like, I would like to have a walk-in closet the size of my bedroom, you know, with one of those poofy little, like, couches in the center of it that's got a little bit of gold fringe hanging down around it that I can sit on and strap on my Manolo's. All my purses organized in a row. A million types of sunglasses. Getting my hair done twice a week. Having time to do my nails once a week instead of once a year. Those are things that I'm drawn to. Fancy dinner, champagne, traveling. The high life, the good life as they say. And so in our society, what else goes along with that lifestyle? Being thin, right? How many fat women do you see out there celebrating the high life? How many fat women do you see on yachts with rich, older billionaires from, you know, Dubai on the Instagram? How many fat women do you see in Us Weekly where it's like, what's in my purse? Have you seen that? Us Weekly has something that they put out where they ask a star, what's in my purse? It's so stupid. Who cares what's in your purse? I don't care. But it'll be like, oh, I've got this lip gloss from blah, 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 blah. And then I've got, oh, my passport because I travel so much. Oh, and I absolutely have to have this rose water spray for my face. You know, You never see it with a fat girl because what do you think is going to be in her purse? Certainly nothing luxurious. She's fat. She doesn't know about luxury. It's going to be Snickers bars and old candy wrappers and my diabetes, you know, blood meter. This is not something that I'm saying is true. I'm just saying that this is what the world puts out there. So, knowing the stuff that I'm drawn to, it also makes sense that I would be drawn to being thinner. Any part of a luxurious lifestyle, I want a part of. And thinness is that. I want to be able to put a picture of myself up on Instagram in a bikini and look really amazing and have it go viral. I'm not going to lie. Not going to sit here and say that that's not something that would be fun for me. But I have my priorities in check. And I'm realistic about myself. And I understand that the truth is, none of that stuff brings me any closer to having peace in my life. In fact, I reach for those things because it's easier than going within the wellspring that I carry inside because I have Jesus Christ living in me. That's a challenge. That's tough. That's a mirror that I have to look at, right? We go inside ourselves. That's a reflection. We don't want to see that. We want the easy route. If I can just get thin, I'll have X, Y, and Z. So we get confused about what to eat when we finally start to walk away from this idol tree because that is truly what it is. God puts it on your heart that he has more in store for you than this plan of physicality and eating style that you have designed for yourself that has been torturing you for possibly your entire life God comes to you and he says this is not it lady and you know it and we need to move beyond it we need to get ourselves through this together but it's gonna have to be done my way right in order to receive any blessing from God, it's got to be done God's way, eventually. Doesn't mean he's not going to bless us as we fumble along, stumble along, keep falling into our sin. But to receive the true peace, the constantness of security that Paul talks about. I can't remember what book it was in, but... You know, he's talking about, I've been rich and I've been poor. I've been happy and I've been unhappy and I can be content in all things. That's what we want. We want to be content. So now we're trying to step out. We're trying to change our eating and it is overwhelming. We have no clue where to begin. Once you start to figure out the things that you enjoy eating, the next thing that you need to do is allow yourself to eat those things. With total abandonment. You can't put limits on it. You can't put restrictions on it. And one of the things that will really center you with that is to pray for God to remove your judgment and to keep yourself in the moment every day. Because you are going to go crazy at first. Most of us do. It's like a kid in a candy store who's been starving in someone's basement for six years. That's what you are like. You're a crazy maniac. And it seems off, it seems false, it seems artificial, it seems destructive, it seems overwhelming, overbearing, unhealthy, I promise you eventually your body will get itself back to normal and what I mean by that is it will not keep craving potato chips for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It will not keep telling you to order Domino's three times a day. You will get sick of it. Your body will get tired of eating it. You will miss other foods. Have you ever gone on one of those paths where like you eat something so often for so long that eventually you just completely like can't even think about it or look at it anymore. Like I ate oatmeal for breakfast for years. I was so into it. I was like, yes, my oatmeal. Here we go. Putting the cinnamon in a little bit of vanilla. And then one day I was eating it and it was just like, ugh. the flavor to me didn't taste the same. It, it was It was just gross. And I stopped eating it for a really long time. And then one day, I saw somebody order a bowl of oatmeal when I was out at brunch. And I'm like, I miss oatmeal. Yeah, I'm gonna start having that again. And I did start having it again. It wasn't every day, but it came back to me. When you inundate yourself with the same foods consistently, your body will get bored. Hence the reason why, when you do start eating freely, you're not craving salads. You're not craving steamed chicken breast and lemon juice over your broccoli. You're craving soft pretzels with mustard. You're craving bagels and cream cheese. You're craving ice cream pops and pudding cups and whipped cream straight from the camp. It's only a binge if you can't stop eating it. And I don't mean that in the sense of you eat it every day or you've eaten it every time you've been hungry in one day. I mean that in the sense of while you're eating it, you're full and you're still eating it and you can't stop and you can't stop and you can't stop. That still may happen to you as you try to incorporate food freedom back into your life, as you try to figure out how to eat again without dieting. Because that's what the goal here is. It is how to eat again without dieting. And you have to remember that the fear is fat. The goal is to eat again without dieting. The underlying fear you're experiencing is possibly getting fat. All that needs to be given over to God. That is what you're putting in his hands. It's not making the right choice. It's not getting it right. No one's testing you on this. God's not testing you on this. You're not being graded on what a good job you did today. Eating intuitively. What you're doing is rebuilding your relationship with food, with God as your center. What do you want to have come out of that? Peace right? Contentment, a sense of normalcy. Sometimes in order to gain control, we have to get a little out of control. And I think the scale can go either way. You can be so out of control with how much you're restricting your food, how much you're working out, Or you can be so out of control with how much you're binging on your food. How much you're purging your food. There's a control that comes instinctually and naturally outside of the realm of what we have internalized about our position in the world based on our bodies, based on our size. Butters agrees with that completely, hence the barking. But the control, the other control is the one where God's in control. See, you're still in control when God is in control. It's just that the control has changed. Rather than you trying to control your circumstances, what you're doing is controlling your trust, controlling your surrender, controlling your faith. And you do all that through prayer. Asking God to strengthen you. Asking God to provide wisdom for you. Asking God to lead you. There's no off-limit food. God wants us to enjoy whatever it is our bodies tell us they enjoy. He wants us to enjoy it with peace, serenity, and contentment. You have to be willing to take a leap of faith around what's going to happen to your body when you start intuitive eating. You have to trust that what it looks like today, what it may look like tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now, will not change your commitment to following Christ around how to eat and how to love yourself. That has to be your commitment. That has to be part of your focus. Because this isn't just about, oh, I want to be a normal eater again. This isn't just about, oh, I want to stop obsessing with my body. This is about loving yourself again. This is a self-love journey. Getting through the steps of figuring out how to feed yourself in a supportive way Is part of learning to love yourself again. And I think that there's a lot of forgiveness that needs to go on because we feel so much shame and so much guilt around the choices we make with what we eat and how we look. And we need to forgive ourselves for that. And we need to ask God to show us how to forgive ourselves with that. Because otherwise, we're just going to keep carrying on the baggage. We're just going to keep beating ourselves up for not making the right choice, not doing the right thing. Not figuring it out all at once. Paying attention to your body's cues around food and how to eat is paying attention to God, making him your center, asking him for guidance, meditating on that, and removing judgment from it. It's pretty exciting when you think about it. It's like a whole new world. Suddenly you're given all this freedom with food. What are you going to do with it? You know, where is God going to take you with it is the question. And that is so exciting to me. I love getting on a journey with God where I have no clue what I'm doing, but I know he's taking me somewhere awesome. I know I'm going to be broken through the journey, but I know I'm also going to be redeemed and I will be mended and I will be made more whole than I was before I started. And that is thrilling to me because that's what I so want out of my life. I don't want to waste it with the runaround of trying to compete with other women around me, trying to compete with women in society, trying to compete with women in in the media, social media. I don't want to keep bringing myself down by trying to prove to myself that I can accomplish weight loss, that I can accomplish sticking to a diet, I don't want to validate myself by needing others to recognize that I've lost weight. I remember one time I had stopped eating for a while on purpose because I've never been one of these people who get stressed out and don't eat. I do eat when I'm stressed. But on purpose, I decided to stop eating because I wanted to lose weight. And I did. I lost lost a chunk of weight. And all I kept thinking was my mom's going to be so proud of me. My husband is going to totally love my flatter stomach. Nobody said a word to me about it. My husband never once commented that I was looking thinner or that I looked better or whatever. My mother didn't say a word. I don't think they even saw it. I had to be the one to bring it up. To my mom, I'm like, have you noticed that I've lost weight? To my husband, I'm like, oh, I've lost weight. Look at, I can wear these pants now. And I didn't get the celebration that I was expecting. I didn't get the oohs and the ahs and the good job, Courtney. That's great. Not because they didn't care, not because they felt like, oh, God, she's such a mental mess when it comes to her body. Like, I'm not going to, you know, celebrate that or anything. They didn't think that deeply about it. I just don't think that they realized it. It wasn't on their radar. They didn't care, you know? And for us, we think that it's on everybody's radar. We walk around in our bodies and just feel as though everyone who looks at us thinks we look like we need to lose weight. Everyone who looks at us thinks we're just a big fat pig. Everyone who looks at us thinks, wasn't she thinner last year? Did she put on some extra weight? I thought she looked better in a bathing suit four years ago before those babies. No one is thinking this stuff, but we think they're thinking it. And what hit me when I didn't get the reaction that I wanted to from my family, I was like, well, what the heck was the point of this? I just didn't eat for X amount of days and no one even noticed. Think about that. You know, when you're trying to intuitively eat again or for the first time or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Your ability to stick to a diet, your ability to lose weight, your ability to impress those around you, your ability to hold on to your control has zero impact on the quality and the preciousness of your life. What does matter, what does have impact is how you treat other people. How much love you're giving to your family members, your spouse, to strangers. How much you're serving. How much you're putting yourself out there to be a servant for others. How much you're dedicating quality time with the Lord. That's what matters. And you need to keep perspective about that because when you're trying to figure out how to eat again, Don't get overwhelmed. I'm afraid to eat a baked potato. I'm afraid to have a sandwich on rye bread. I'm afraid to eat sugar. I'm afraid to order dessert. Recognize the fear that's going on. Ask yourself where it's coming from. Is it a holy place or a hellish one? And move forward through that fear, trusting God with the outcome. Without putting your own idea of how that outcome needs to look. That's the caveat, see? I'm going to give you an example. I go out to dinner, and I haven't had a dessert in 10 years. And they have something on the menu that looks really, really, really good to me. And I break out in a sweat. Armpits are sweaty. My toes are even sweaty. I don't know whether or not I should order it. I want to order it because I want to bless myself and 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 you know move forward with my with my goal of eating normally again i want to order it but i'm so afraid will i binge will i then need to eat a million other sweets will i go home and pig out will i wake up in the morning feeling like crap and not want to go to the gym will i gain weight And I pray, and I move through the fear, and I order the dessert, and I eat it. And then I go home, and I finish off a thing of Oreos, half a box of cereal, some bananas. I throw up because I force myself to throw up because I can't deal with it all that food in my stomach, and then I go to bed. And I wake up the next morning, and I decide I'm not eating breakfast today. I'm not eating lunch today. And I tell myself that my body wants a salad for dinner. I ate all those sweets yesterday. I know all I really want is a salad. I convinced myself of this. And on top of all of that, uh, I can't do this. I can't trust myself around food. I'm just going to binge. I'm going to restrict for a few more days to make up for it. That way, when I do go back to trying to eat intuitively, I won't have gained any weight and it won't be such a big deal if I binge again. That is scenario one. Scenario two is I see a dessert on the menu that I really want. It freaks me out. Not sure what to do. I decide to go through the fear. I order it anyways. I eat it. I go home and I binge. I eat a ton of Oreos. I eat half a box of cereal. I eat a bunch of bananas. I throw up. I wake up the next morning and I say to myself what do I feel like having for breakfast today? And I go down to my kitchen and I look and I try to figure it out. And I have God with me there the entire time. And he and I work out together what I'm going to eat for breakfast. The difference between those two scenarios is that the first one, I had a preconceived idea of what, having God take control over my circumstances was to look like. I said that I gave him control. I said that I trusted him, but there were stipulations to that. And when I woke up the next morning, I decided, you know what, God, I'm not really happy with how this turned out. I'm going to take the control back from here for a few days. I'll check back in with you when I'm motivated and ready. The second scenario, I trusted God without an idea or a plan in mind. Did I still binge like a crazy person? Yes. Did I feel like garbage the next morning? Of course, but I didn't allow it to define my progress. I didn't allow it to define the redemption that God was working in my life on that day and in the next morning. I didn't allow it to be this like boulder that came between the Lord and me. We were still a team. I didn't hate myself. I forgave myself. And I said, you know what, God? I'm still trusting you. I'm still trusting you. That is so key to learning how to eat again. Because you are going to fight it tooth and nail. If you are trying to do it in a way that you have pre-decided it needs to be done, you're going to be miserable and you're going to miss the blessings that God has for you along the way because every single day that you bring God into your eating and into your body image issues is the day you receive a blessing from him. Whether you see it or not, it is there. And he will let you take back the control because that's the kind of Lord he is. He's not going to stop you. He'll wait for you to come back. And maybe for some of you, you need that extra time in between. God always turns things around for his good purpose. Even when you're not walking right with him, when you're rebelling, when you're saying I'm restricting now until I feel comfortable again, trying the intuitive thing, eating thing again, God is working on you still. But boy, oh boy, is it an easier path when you can just let go of how you think it's supposed to be done and let God be the one leading you. I don't believe that when God is in control, it means we don't mess up. I don't believe that when we make mistakes, it means that we weren't in tune enough with the Holy Spirit. I believe that every single step we take is a step towards refining. And it doesn't have to look perfect. We don't know what the hell it's supposed to look like. We don't. Only God knows. So simplify yourselves. Don't get too stuck in your head. Don't create an idea of, I shouldn't eat this, I shouldn't binge on that. I've had too many chips. This is the fourth night in a row I've eaten lasagna. I know I'm going to get fat. Those thoughts will come into your head and you have to just bring it over to God and say, I'm trusting you. It's not my job to judge this situation. My only job is to trust in you, Lord. This is the beginning Of how you learn to eat again like a normal person. These are the connecting factors that add up to a more blessed walk with healing yourself, your relationship with yourself, and your relationship. With food. Because your relationship with food is really your relationship with yourself and how you see yourself in the world. And God is all about changing what we believe about ourselves, who we believe we are, and what we think we represent out in the world I mean I think it was Peter who was the was it Peter who was the tax collector that Jesus came and was like come on be one of my disciples he was like the lowest of the low you think he saw himself in a good light you think he liked what he saw when he looked in the mirror He was doing the devil's dirty work. He followed a story of himself that had been told to him by his culture, his society. You're the tax collector. Here's who you are. Here's a spreadsheet with bullet points as to who you are in your role as this. And Jesus said, no way, man. You come follow me. I'll show you who you really are. And he trusted Jesus enough to do that. He trusted Jesus enough to let go of an identity that though he may not have felt excited about, he was certainly clinging to it because we all feel like we need to know who we are. We all need an identity. Who am I if I'm not the tax collector? Who am I if I'm not the workout queen? Who am I if I'm not the fitness guru? Who am I if I'm not the wife who's constantly trying to diet for her husband? Who am I if I'm not the fat person in the office? And Jesus calls to you and he says, you're none of those things. Come to me and I will show you who you are. I will give you a new identity in Christ. And for each of us, that looks different who I am in Christ is not going to be exactly the same as who you are because we're formed to be Christ-like through our own human, worldly experiences. God takes those experiences and he creates new, fresh, vibrant, righteous, holy, perfection out of them. But where we are similar is that it always leads to a greater faith in God, a deeper trust in God, and our eyes opened more to the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth and the light. You are a child of God. You are being turned Christ-like. So you will leave behind the falsities that have attached themselves from the world onto you. And you will take hold of Jesus's truth, which is your truth. And in closing, I just, as usual, want to say a quick little prayer. God, we need to eat to live. We need to eat to sustain ourselves, our energy, our mental power. But eating is more than just that. It's a celebration. It's a way of life. It's something that you have blessed us with as a gift. And for so long, we've been confused about that. For so long, we have struggled with that. For so long, we have been overwhelmed and drowning in our misconceptions of what we are supposed to be giving our bodies, all in the name of looking a a certain way, a specific way that comes not from you, God, but from a fallen world. Lord, help us to seek your face. Help us to seek your truth. Help us to reach out to you in our moments of struggle and distress and despair and feel your power. Overwhelm us, God, with your love. Guide us as we make the choices each day, each meal of what to feed our bodies. And Lord, remove whatever judgment we may find coming out for us. Remove whatever shame, whatever fear, whatever guilt starts to come to the surface as we learn how to feed ourselves once again in a manner that glorifies you, God, that brings self-love to who you created us to be. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For tuning in to Feed Your Faith. I had so much fun with you today, and I really hope that you got something out of the podcast. Please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast. That way, you will never miss an episode. And also, if you're interested, I run an amazing Facebook group, um, Christian Women's Food Freedom Through Faith. Go to uh, Facebook and just put in, you know, Facebook slash Courtney Kopeck, and you will come across it. Definitely check that out. And don't forget to to sign up for my free seven-day devotional, Seven Steps to Food Freedom Through Faith, that you can get over at my website, www.courtneykopech.com. Have a blessed day.